That's about as close as you get to a scathing review. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. Yeah, like, I, I was like, <laughs> like I'll come on here. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. This is a total aside. Do you get a TikTok audio? Um, and it's like, <laughs> this is so stupid. But it's like this TikTok audio, and it's some woman, and she's like, I can't even speak the name of the vampire who organized that. And then it's some other guy, and he's like, I don't give an F. His name was Mike. <laughs> and I feel like that's me and you. Like, yeah. you're like, I can't even speak. Like, it was just, it was okay, all yeah. this stuff. And I'm like, I don't give you're an just F. straight Mike. up. And welcome to the Book Jar Podcast, where both me and my friend Megan discuss book-related news and topics on a weekly basis, or a bi-weekly basis, I should say. Mm-hmm. So I am here with my friend Megan. My name is Marissa. I guess I should throw that in there. How are you doing today, Megan? Doing good. I'm like in an interesting mood today, but I'm having a good time. Mm. You know, how are you? I'm doing okay. Oh. I'm doing all right. Oh, seems so mellow dramatic it's, it's not <laughs> i mean i'm fine uh, i'm very excited we have we have new audio equipment yes i hope we're sounding 10 times better because it was 10 times as expensive no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> what it was actually infinite times more expensive than our free setup before. yeah before it was free but now you know we, we decided to put a little more quality into yeah this a little podcast. a little bit a little bit of extra like a little oomph little oomph there uh so yeah yeah i'm excited about that we are going to talk about a topic that was such a great sentence i'm really (laughs) proud of that one we talk about topics on our podcast yeah we do um sometimes we do news but those are our extra extras yes this is true yeah so what we are going to be talking about this week is books that started badly but ended up being good yep usually i keep that a secret felt a you just fun. went straight for went straight it. We didn't even it. start with the books we've read. Wow. Uh, so I'm going to talk about our most recent reads first. I was avoiding it because for the first time, I think, since we started filming this, I don't have a most recent read. What? We yeah, even so, had a little bit of a break. Well, don't make me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I have gotten really busy with my job. That's fair. That's, and a, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> while uh while I'm transitioning into just like a slightly heavier workload there's just a lot of front-loaded work and so which I won't get into because that's not fun let's not talk about work but there's just a lot going on so I haven't really been able to pick up the current book that I'm working on which is part of the Witcher series it's the second book in the series I've read like maybe a couple pages here and there but mm-hmm. the good news is is it's it's I'm enjoying it enough that I don't feel like I've forgotten anything. You know oh, when you're like, good. you have a book and then you like forget about it. Yeah, and it's real sad. And then you're like, you have to panicked reread and you it. Have to reread it, and yeah. then you don't want to, and then it puts you in a whole reading slump. Is that just me or? No, I think I can, I'm sure I felt like that before. Yeah. So it's not just you. Okay, that's um, good. Yeah, that's a legitimate reason to not be reading right now. And yeah. I think that I forgive you. Okay. I'm, not that you needed that. But not. <laughs> you didn't need that i was like oh my god but i'm giving you permission i I don't know i don't know how to say this without making myself sound like an anxiety riddled person but that made me feel better did it (laughs) yeah yay see that's that's why we're friends so it's it's okay to have reading slumps i think so and and even if it is like yeah if you're getting too busy or if you know reading you just need to put to the side because you're getting overwhelmed that's okay you're still a reader yeah you're still a book podcast host <laughs> that We're, is true you're thriving i'm thriving exactly you know all that good stuff take time I feel for like yourself that's maybe really relatable for people too because mm-hmm. i feel like i've talked to a lot of people who used to read a lot and then their situation changed so like they become like a mother or yeah. like a parent or they get a new job or, or school school i didn't school read was terrible. for fun yeah. ever <laughs> <laughs> luckily i was in like english programs so like i was yeah. reading a lot still but it was never my choice yeah yeah which is very it's a very different experience which is why i went i went to like very bingy reads when i was like off for the summer i was like let's read all the ya that is in the <laughs> library actually yeah <laughs> but yeah uh you know sometimes 
sometimes things happen and reading should be fun so like I feel like also not stressing about it is yeah exactly it's like any kind of hobby like if you're starting to stress out about it then you either need a break from it or what are you what's going on in your life that you need that it's overwhelming you right yeah I totally I totally agree so let's talk about what you've read so I was been reading um you may for I don't know a month I feel like I've been reading it forever (laughs) um by Sifton Tracy Annapur and I finally finished it yeah about a week ago I was hoping I could add it to this week's book podcast and be like yay you know it was really rough to start it but I'm glad I finished it and honestly it's okay (laughs) oh wow so I that's about as close as you get to a scathing review I'm not gonna lie yeah I was like like I'll come on here I don't know okay I don't know this is a total aside do you get a TikTok audio um and it's like (laughs) this is so stupid but it's like this TikTok audio and it's some woman and she's like I can't even speak the name of the vampire who organized that and then it's some other guy and he's like I don't give an f his name was Mike (laughs) and I feel like that's me and you like yeah you're like I can't even speak like it was just it was okay all this stuff and I'm like I don't give an f straight up you're like here's all these things I hate about this book yeah yeah and I'm like you know it wasn't the best but (laughs) like if you like this you should read it Um, yeah yeah not the best it's not the best I want like I'll do a full review on it and stuff and like it has such an interesting interesting concept like I could picture this being like a Studio Ghibli movie Mm. or like a really good anime or manga. Like it had a very interesting storyline. Right. And it's kind of, she took a lot of like, like Alice in Wonderland vibes, but it's like in like Japanese dream world. Like it's super interesting, Mm -hmm. but wasn't for me. Wasn't for you. Yeah. I feel like that's fair. And it's one of those reviews like I know that was like a mini review but (laughs) it's one of those reviews where like that makes me more curious to read it myself and I appreciate those types of reviews that aren't like just scathing this was hot mess yeah like unless it actually was unless it was like horrible and really problematic like I really don't want to change people's like I don't want to give people an opinion on something yeah before they've had a chance to read it so that's why like my reviews I find them kind of like more subtle with it I'm like yeah. I didn't like this this and this but if you enjoy that you might like which it. is what I like I think we both kind of strive to do that like mm-hmm. I think I'll <laughs> I think my stars just have a larger range than yeah yours. I'll be like <laughs> yeah. this was not excellent two stars and you're like I finished it so three <laughs> yeah I was like, if I finished it then it was you know <laughs> which is also fair like I'm not I'm just teasing but like yeah I that makes me curious to read it just because like your description was just like I wasn't for me, so like I'm I'm actually curious. Like I think I might... you, I think you would like things about it. Yeah, and who knows, you might really enjoy it. So yeah, yeah. okay. Well, I might just steal it from you then, yeah, um, for a little new. bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that being said, uh, no, no other reads this week. Just no. The, we got through the the month long. Yeah, book. the month long book is finally. That's kind of how I felt about uh, the Priory of the Orange Tree. Yeah. Just it just felt ending. like I was reading it forever. Just never ending. And it's not like it's horrible. It's just like time consuming. Yeah. And I don't love when a book is time consuming. Yeah. So. That's fair. Uh, I can totally, I can totally respect that. So we are going to, so we drew this a couple weeks ago now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, from Alicia, our topic of the week is what books started badly but ended up being good. And we had quite the discussion actually after i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna pull back the veil a little bit we had quite a discussion after of whether or not this was too close to our uh topic i think it was in april Mm -hmm. where we talked about uh book series that we were glad we finished yeah and we had quite the debate of like is it too close are there going to be repeats i didn't find that i wanted to repeat a lot of books because i felt like a lot of the ones i have on the list for today is act are actually just like books that started super slow yeah (laughs) and that was like that's not badly like I I know there's a little bit of a difference in the language there like it was just slow it was just hard to get into but in a way that is bad like that is a bad opening Mm -hmm. even when it's intentional even when it serves a good purpose it's it's not it's not an easy thing to get into and I I feel like you have a couple on your list or at least one I know you have one I have at least one and like 
like for me if I'm reading a book that I don't really enjoy mm-hmm. initially and like I've said this before life's too short to read books you don't <laughs> like especially if you can't like finish them in a day or something yeah like, like it's if you're a slow reader it actually like is really frustrating mm-hmm. so like surprise so I didn't have to, a lot of books that I was like glad that I continued reading yeah to get to you, the like, end actually gave up on them because I would yeah. actually give up on them which you know I'm sure there's some regrets in there somewhere but okay so sorry about that because I I've learned a lesson that our uh-huh. mics are very good so that yes. was a phone call coming in yes uh picked it up perfectly it sounded great we listened back to it it Beautiful. sounds perfect and it's just gonna stay because we gotta show you guys how great these mics are right <laughs> it's just it's just us loving the new mics also <laughs> i have now turned off my audio like it should have been off in the beginning so like a little public shame for me <laughs> Jeez, marissa yeah be a professional <laughs> uh yeah so you had a lot that you were like oh that was a shitty start yeah I didn't finish (laughs) I did not finish it and they're just you know on my bookshelf or they went back to the library but I did find a few okay that's good do you want to start or do you want me to start because I I can I can go either way you can go either why don't you go I just want to see what you got okay so I'm gonna start uh I actually I have a different book first but I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Villette by Charlotte Bronte. Mm-hmm. So I read this one this year, actually. I think it is a tremendous novel. Like, I have to say that right off the bat. But it is one of the most painful novels that I've read this year. So, like, I kind of had this... So Villette is essentially a story about a... Like, she's a teacher. And, see, I'm struggling to even tell you a plot. Because <laughs> it's a lot about theme. Okay. Which I I really, and I'm not, like, trying to, like, upplay this book. Like, Bronte doesn't need the hype. Mm -hmm. Like, she she did fine. Yeah. (laughs) Like, her books do fine. Her name alone is, like, Like, everyone knows the Bronte sisters. You've at least heard of them, even if you haven't read a book by them. And that's totally fine. They're not for everyone. But it is a very heavy on theme and I actually really enjoyed that but it tells the story about Lucy Snow who is just like such a passive protagonist so like everything is just happening around her and she's kind of the epitome of like working class like she just stays in her station Mm -hmm. and she doesn't try to move too much throughout the novel like she just accepts where she is in life which is, like, not in a great place in society. Like, she's working, which at that time, like, if you were a woman who had to work, like, it wasn't, like, you were lower class, for sure. Because otherwise, you would have just gotten married or something like that. And that wasn't, like, really an option for her. So she ends up teaching, uh, she ends up teaching at a French school, like, in France, in a small town in France. And it's just, like, all about her experience at this boarding school and it has quite a few like traits of a great Bronte novel so there's like this moment where you think that there's like ghosts and stuff which is also like a theme throughout Jane Eyre as well like Mm -hmm. this idea that like our own kind of mental fear can be like actually made real which is really cool and like so, like, I'm talking about the book, and I can see your intrigue of it going yeah. up. It is the <laughs> slowest book to start. Like, it was so it's painful. So, the fact that you're describing it as painful, and then, like, like I know for if you were like, hey, this is a painful book, but it's so good, I'd be like, eh, I don't want to read that. But now that you're talking about it, I'm like, yeah. this sounds so interesting, but I know. You would, you would I, struggle. I but would like, struggle. But, like, if you did get through it, I do really believe it's one of those books where when you get to the end, you're like, whoa, that was good. Mm-hmm. But during the process of the first, I want to say, two to three hundred pages was just like, oh, that's like a book for me. That's a full ass book that I could read. You have to read one really, so like you have to read one really bad book in order to get to the good book. And it is beautiful. So it has a romance story that is actually like kind of lovely. Mm -hmm. And, but also there's like this this very good discussion or not discussion but this very good 
thematic discussion, I guess is the way to put it, about like depression and anxiety and what isolation does to people and how, you know, like being isolated can wreak havoc on like mental health. And she doesn't term it mental health, but it's very clearly a book about mental health, which I think is really interesting because it's written in the 1800s. Like, yeah, very she didn't have the vocabulary that we have around it, but like she talks about having like episodes where she's just like completely distressed. And it's so interesting because she is such a passive protagonist and you spend the first two, 300 pages where she's just like letting shit happen to her. Yeah. And the most active thing she does is she gets on a boat to... France from England and even that is like made to feel very plain even though it's it's like a very bold thing she does it doesn't sound exciting it's not like an adventure she's very much like this is my only course of action yeah and so she's kind of forced into action at multiple points and then she starts and then you see what this like perception of herself and society has on her which is really cool like it's a it's a brilliant book mm-hmm it was hard to it was hard to read yeah for the first little bit yeah and then I got to a certain point where like I was so invested in this book that when I stopped reading it because I was like oh right afterwards I was like I need like a really like fun fast book you know like something really like and I started reading that and I was like I miss Follette like yeah <laughs> I like don't want to read this like well and it sounds so interesting because it's like yeah, just, like, the themes and the concepts that she talks about. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that it is the 1800s and she's discussing those things, which were so taboo. Like, yeah. women were literally called hysterical because they were suffering from mental health well, issues. And then it's, like, it was never addressed. Like, they got freaking lobotomies and stuff. Yeah, and it it is kind of, like, a feminist read about mm-hmm. it as well. Or at least I read it. And, of course, I'm coming into it with, like, a... 21st century perspective yeah but like the way she talks about how people are treating her and how they don't take her seriously even though she's seeing and she ends up seeing this quote-unquote ghost this nun yeah in the school and at many parts like and I've read Bronte before so like I knew the nun was not it was gonna be something else like it was not gonna be an actual ghost mm-hmm. but the way she writes it is so convincing too I was like is this a ghost story yeah. like did this just become like a like like a Frankenstein s <laughs> like what is happening here and then you realize which I won't spoil because I do think it's a really good book but you realize what's actually happening mm-hmm. and you're like oh that makes a lot of sense but like everyone kind of thinks she's just crazy and she's seeing things and like all this stuff and she's not really like something is happening yeah it's just really interesting how she explores those ideas so if you are but like you also have to take it with the perspective that like when she wrote this you would have bought like you would have wanted a story to be that long you would have wanted a story to be that detailed because you wouldn't have like necessarily gone out and bought, bought like 300 books and had them in your personal yeah, library. Yeah, it wasn't you as had, easy like, to get them. Yeah, exactly. So like, it is really detailed for that purpose. And I think if you go into it with that expectation, like I think you do well with reading it, but you have to just not expect to like fly through it, mm-hmm. which is a challenge for like a lot of people. Cause I know it's a challenge for slower readers because they don't like it takes some extra time and then they feel frustrated. And it's kind of a struggle for, like, faster readers as well because they're not used to it. No, yeah. they're not. Like, I'm not used to slowing down to, mm-hmm. like, really absorb the prose. And you have to. Because yeah. that's where the enjoyment is in this book. So it started off badly. It was one of those things where, like, I don't, I was like, I was like, do I, do I put it down and, like, temporarily DNF it mm-hmm. for a little bit? And I kept struggling with it. And then once I was, like, 200 pages and I was like, well, it's too late. Like, yeah. I'm committed now. Yeah. But it did take me a while to get through. Okay. Well, yeah. and I think that's good to tell people, too, if yeah. they're interested in reading it. Like, it's commitment, but it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it, yeah. Oh, well, you know, I like that. It kind of goes into, like, my book, which yeah. <laughs> Emma by Jane Austen. Sorry, I'm laughing because when you told me, so for the listeners out there, like, when she told me, she was like, I'm going to talk about Emma, and I was like, I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah, well, you, because, yeah, and you warned me, too, um... But it is kind of that same idea, like, the first hundred pages or so is just, it's slow, it's a different 
you know, it's a different time of writing. So yeah. you're reading this language that we don't use anymore, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's very confusing overall. Yeah. Like you're just like the amount of characters, the fact that sometimes they're called their first name, sometimes they're called their their last name, their married name. Like it's, you, they can have three different names referring to the same person yeah. in different times of their life. So it's just like. And that's not including like any potential nicknames that people have for nicknames, them as well. <laughs> like, or they'll be like the name of their, their property. And you're like, cool, who lived there again? Like, I just don't. Yeah. No. And then if someone <laughs> dies in the middle of the book, it's like really confusing because everything shifts. Yeah. It's everyone's. Wild. Anyways. So for those who don't know what Emma's about, which I actually ended up really enjoying it. Obviously, it's on this list. Mm-hmm. So um, it's so originally, um, it was the fourth novel by Jane Austen. It was published in three volumes in 1815. Um, it's set in Highbury, England in the early 19th century. And it centers on Emma Woodhouse. She's a precocious young woman whose misplaced confidence in her matchmaking abilities <laughs> occasions several romantic misadventures. So... According to the narrator in Emma, she is handsome, clever, and rich with a comfortable home and happy disposition. Um, she is also, however, spoiled, meddlesome, and self-deluded. Um, so basically, she's convinced that she will never marry herself, and but she has, you know, fun matchmaking her neighbors, mm-hmm. her acquaintances, family, friends, everything like that. Um, so she tries to, so it starts off with her trying to arrange um, a marriage with her governess, uh, Miss Taylor, and mm-hmm. there's a widower, Mr. Yeah. Weston. So that ends up going really well. She introduces them. They get end up getting married. And so she just thinks she's like this, the best matchmaker <laughs> ever. Um, so now she's just determined to like help her friends. Yeah. All of this stuff. And it just turns into you know how oblivious she is to other people's affections and how it actually affects their lives and stuff like that so like I said had a bad start for me just writing in general really Mm -hmm. hard to understand very slow lots of background information but once you get that background information that's when you can really enjoy what's going on in Emma Um, like ultimately I loved the ending. I thought it was like a really good, happy ending that like tied up all those loose endings. I also really appreciated Jane Austen's like view on social statuses in the 19th century because I think that she kind of played with like, yeah, this woman is, um, I don't know, what's it called when they or commoner com- like, like, like i guess a commoner like but social, like yeah, yeah yeah just like a lower class person you know who should like marry a farmer or marry someone yeah. that's kind of in that same era but she was like you know what no why don't you go after this uh was it a vicar is that what they're called or yeah. vicar i don't know how to say it but <laughs> you know like yeah. she's very much like i liked how she played with that and that also like it's it's a it's a common theme in her books, which like most people are familiar with through Pride and Prejudice, obviously mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. the the social class coming into kind of play there, which translates well for our generation as well because we're like oh who cares and like it would have been a big deal back then though right so and keeping that in mind, I just yeah I I do I, that's why I love Jane Austen is it's always this like very nice commentary mm-hmm. on a lot of social structures without it feeling like it feels overt and a little bit boring in the beginning yeah and I will give you that absolutely 100% they start slow because they have to set it up and then by the end it's just like unraveling like yeah and that's what I feel like a book is is it's like it's like kind of this work to understand it a little bit at the beginning and then it just unravels so nicely yeah and I think that's like that's definitely how I felt is it just kind of like sped up and got like quicker and quicker at the end and you're like hey what's gonna happen next I need to know like yeah who's gonna end up with who or are they gonna actually (laughs) find out who this person is like I just really enjoyed it and I loved that maybe back in the time so like Jane Austen herself was like she just really wanted to make a character that like a heroine that 
no one really loved like she was a hard to love heroine but then to me i just found she's such a great character because she is she's realistic she's realistic well-balanced relatable human being and she also like fits very well in today's view of the world of feminism Mm -hmm. and like you know what you don't have to get married to be happy and you don't have to be with a person of the same social status to live a fulfilling happy life and i just like if yeah it's really really good and i think that's why adaptations of it are super well done as well yeah and i know we were kind of talking about this before the podcast start but there are a lot of adaptations and they're usually done fairly well because it's really interesting to translate so you didn't know this you looked it up and Mm -hmm. it was that clueless yeah the 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 iconic movie clueless was based on emma and i didn't know this when i first watched clueless because i watched it in like high school Mm -hmm. and i like me too yeah i was like what is what is this but then um when i read emma and like and I learned that it was an adaptation, it's so cool that it's an Mm -hmm. adaptation because it works so well. But if you think of it from that perspective of, like, that's how that audience would have seen it, of these two people in very different social classes, which is, like, different popularity standards, right? Yeah. And it's really interesting because Jane Austen always does this where she has, like, some great character, some great dude, and everyone's just... everyone's just freaking in love with him all this <laughs> You're like a little aggressive with this yeah <laughs> i'm trying really hard not to swear so that my <laughs> this is a shout out uh, so that my my uh my nieces can oh. be in the car when my sister plays this <laughs> that's so fair that's fair i just cut out a swear but uh that's what happened uh i'm not gonna say that again uh but yeah so they're just like there's this guy and he's always this guy that everyone loves mm-hmm and it's this guy that we're supposed to love. And you do kind of love them yeah. a little bit. And then you realize they're they're just horrible people. Like, they're just awful people. And she does it so well mm-hmm. because she usually does it through some sort of comment about social class, about how they just look down on people. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you're kind of a dick <laughs> yeah and it yeah she did do a really good job of that with yeah. the characters because you like think that okay this person's attractive they have good standing they're, yeah they're the perfect person for her friend yeah but in reality they're just they're just a-holes to yeah. everyone and they just care about themselves which is also where like pride and prejudice is so so interesting in that conversation because she really flipped it there like mm-hmm. her what became known as like her narrative she kind of flips because she takes this like guy and then she makes him say all these comments about social class and then you're like i don't like you anymore yeah (laughs) and the main character is like i don't like you anymore like you're kind of being rude like i don't know why like why does it matter what my family is like like my family are like yeah some of them aren't great but like they're my family like why are you insulting them like i don't understand and then she calls him out on it and then Mm -hmm. the rest of the book is him being like oh i'm so sorry yeah oh that was a really really terrible way to think about society mm-hmm. and he like 180s and you're like oh okay so it's also like yeah i love jane austen i, I like think that. she's yeah. so she's so she was so good at that and mm-hmm. that's why but when i tell people to read it i'm like you're not gonna like the beginning yeah <laughs> the beginning because i don't like i know i'm gonna love a jane austen novel and i never like the openings because i'm I, and they are exactly what they need to be mm-hmm but they are so slow. And yeah, I agree. Like I'm, I can look back at the first hundred pages and be like, oh, that's why this is relevant to the plot and to mm-hmm. the book. Yeah. But it, yeah, like I don't particularly want to reread the first 100 pages, but it makes sense why I needed to know that stuff. Yeah. And it, it kind of makes sense in terms of like, like I'd love to read, I've never read uh, like a modern day adaptation like I've seen Clueless which I think does a great job of mm-hmm. adapting Emma but it's also like I would be very interested to see how like a modern day writer would kind of add that adapt yeah, that because like it would be there. like a lot of talk about like like if you think of the intro of like Clueless it would be a lot of talk about like the different friend groups and the different stuff which is essentially all Jane Austen is doing in the opening we don't find it particularly interesting because we don't tend to think about our communities that way mm-hmm. necessarily. 
I, I know there's some places that are definitely outliers of that and like obviously to varying degrees but we wouldn't necessarily like break down our communities and like oh this person did this but it's just yeah. gossip at the beginning that's yeah. really all it is it's like oh this scandalous thing happened over here and so you just kind of embrace the fact that you're supposed to be like ooh, that's a salacious detail like yeah <laughs> like you just kind of have to be like ooh. <laughs> yeah, you have to get into that the mindset, mindset. Yeah. yeah um yeah i uh I could talk for days about my love for Jane. I know, clearly. (laughs) Uh, I, yeah, okay, I'm going to move on, though. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to talk about uh, another slow starter for me, which was The Alienist by Caleb Carr. Uh, So this was adapted into a TV show, I believe. Mm -hmm. I think you you said you watched it. Yeah, I watched it. Um, I don't know. I can't speak to it. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it specifically because I actually really liked the book and I just, I don't trust it (laughs) because I didn't like the opening. And I think there's so many different ways you could take an adaptation of this and really ruin it. And so I don't trust it. Like, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Although if you are listening and you've seen the Alienist TV show and I've also read the novel, let me know how you thought of it. Because maybe, maybe it was a really good adaptation, yeah. but I'm, I'm not interested in trying it until I know it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the Alienist is a psychological thriller that follows a psychologist or as they return back in the day, an alienist by the name of Dr. Laszlo Chrysler who is attempting to psychologically profile an unknown serial killer who is targeting uh, prostitutes, essentially, young boys, essentially, who are prostituting themselves out as young girls. So it's a very complex kind of case. And yeah, he's just psychologically profiling it. It it, it threw me off at the beginning because... So it was one of those things where, like, so I had this loaned to me by a friend and uh because it was stupid we were playing a video game and it was a trivia game (laughs) i think it was actually trivial pursuit and Mm -hmm. it was like what did psychologists used to be termed as and like i didn't get the question right and my friend did and he was like i was like how did like did you just guess like i didn't like it's a cool name for them but i never would have guessed that that was the name for them and he was like no i read this book and then he just went off about how much he loved this book I was like, okay. So it was kind of one of those things where I started with, like, pretty high expectations, mm-hmm. which is, it's never, it's never good. <laughs> it's never good. And then as I started reading it, it was one of those things where, like, as they were explaining, like, what he does and, like, stuff like that, it was interesting, but it wasn't, like, I wasn't, how do I say this? It was interesting and I wasn't interested. Like, I was <laughs> like, this is very cool information, I don't care. Yeah. Like, get to <laughs> like, the good I, point. I wanted to care more than I did. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is so cool. I'm bored. Yeah. The entire time. It also starts with, I believe, at the funeral of Theodore Roosevelt. Oh. Which is very interesting way That's to start. That's like a spoiler if you watch the TV shows. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so if you watch the TV shows, he doesn't. He doesn't die through the course of the book. It's like very clear that it's like years after. But okay. then it's all about how he played a part in solving this case. Okay. Because he was police commissioner in New York City at the time that this case was taking place. So then it's like a flashback. And that was just a really weird opening because I was like, I don't way really to do it. Like, yeah. how much is this gonna have to do with Theodore Roosevelt? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't really care about Theodore Roosevelt. Like, I was like, I don't know. It was just a lot of information I didn't care about, and I was also very concerned because it just seemed like something weird was gonna happen in the book that I was like, I don't know. I don't want this. Yeah, but. The way that they went about explaining the case and the, like, psychology behind the killer and the way that they slowly uncovered it and how they were working on the case together and the way that the characters were, like, kind of being shunned for being... Because it wasn't, like, a... They didn't they didn't like him. Mm-hmm. They didn't like the doctor. They thought psychology was, like, not real. Like, it was yeah. totally fake. And so it's the the way that they were treating him is really interesting and the people who ended up standing up for him were just really interesting and captivating characters 
I still don't think the main character was the most interesting part of the book. And I think that that's why it was also a slow start. It was like, yeah. And he was like, he's an interesting person in theory. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, that's how the show was at. Like how I got from the show is like, he's a cool person, cool character, but I loved the people who helped them the most. Yeah. <laughs> like, who's the girl's name? Do you remember the... Uh, the girl's name is... Sarah Howard? Yeah. No. The, yeah. No. Is it? I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. Sarah she Howard. Was... She was the... She was uh, the personal secretary of Roosevelt. Yes. And she had aspirations of becoming a detective herself. So she's also, like, up against, like, misogyny. Yeah. Really hard in the book. And so it, it's, like, funny, too, because it's these two outcasts. It's, like, this guy who everyone hates because he's an alienist. Yeah. And they're, like, you're weird. And also your discipline isn't real mm-hmm. is kind of the understanding <laughs> yeah. that they have of it. And then they're also, like, but of course you would pair up with a woman who is stupid. And it's, like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, like, maybe not. <laughs> it's, like, he didn't, yeah, they're not really set up for success, but yeah. it, may, it works. At least yeah. in the show it really works. And I personally really liked her as a character so I mean obviously the book's different and continue on yeah (laughs) uh so that was kind of most of what I wanted to say like I don't want to spoil too much about the later parts of the book I remember the last I want to say like 150 to 200 pages like I flew through yeah but the first little bit I I remember it took me a couple days like I would read a chapter and be like I don't want to read this anymore like I'm done yeah but it was also one of those things where it had the same effect as Valette, where I, like, at the end of it, I was like, I want this again. Like, I want this same thing again. Mm-hmm. I, like, how do I find this again? And I, I, I actually went on, like, kind of a rampage through a couple books, like, trying to find something that was similar, and I just couldn't find something that recaptured that. Yeah. Which is always a sign of a pretty good book for me. Like, if I'm if I can't stop thinking about it. And so... I do highly recommend it, and at the same time, like, it's it's a, I don't know, I struggled with the opening. Yeah. And I struggled with it for quite a bit. Yeah, that's fair. Would you say it's, like, slow because of the amount of information that they're giving I you? I think it was slow just... because of the amount of information. I also find, uh, like, historical fiction just to be a little bit hard to get into in general. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this case is, like, it's talking, like talking about this case and like so there's a lot of detail there as well plus we're trying to get the like scope of society so it is a lot of like information however I will say like unlike a Jane Austen novel I do feel like it could have been more captivating at the beginning yeah like I I don't think it was necessary like I got to the end of the book and I was like I'm really glad I read that it was really good I don't think the beginning needed to be that boring yeah yeah I think that like that's an interesting concept it's like like historical fiction like if it's written modern days now it's like I feel like there's a need for them to have that explanation at the beginning because unless you're a person who studied that or has an interest in that you're not going to go back and learn all the history like they need to have that and I actually kind of with Jane Austen it's kind of like she did a good job of doing that in her own time like she could have just wrote about the like what she wrote about without going into detail social status social standing everything mm-hmm. and just been like that's it but because she did it's so timeless and the fact that you can read it now yeah and understand just anything, why yeah. yeah anything going on like obviously yeah like they can't they wouldn't normally marry because of this this and this and yeah. like she did a really good job of that so it's kind of interesting she was it, like I don't I don't know enough about Jane Austen herself, but, like, she did seem to be, like, writing for the longevity of mm-hmm. it. And I think that's maybe just, like, a style that was in at the time, because a lot of those books written around that time have similar kind of writing styles. But not similar writing styles, but, like, they do that with the plot. Yeah. Uh, plot progression is... <laughs> similar plot progression was yeah. the wording I was looking for. However, like, yeah, I feel like Caleb Carr, it was just a little bit different. I just really think, like, he hit his stride writing it Mm -hmm. about a third of the way into the book. Yeah. Instead of, like, ooh, this is all at his stride and I need to adjust. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, no, you 
this part's really good and this part's like okay yeah and that could have just been like him wanting to provide that information information and and research which i you know i'm sure it's hard i respect yeah Yeah. i actually think you would really like this book i feel like i would because i like the show and i like that's why i started reading this or watching the show is because the concept was super interesting yeah it's it's really cool especially like if you have um and like you do have a medical background so like Mm -hmm. like i think that that would be really cool and anyone with a medical background might enjoy it a lot more it is quite gruesome like the murders are like quite gruesome oh yeah I could so, see that. like, just kind of be ready for that, I guess. But, yeah. Otherwise, like, I, I thought it was tremendous. It's a book I still recommend. It's just, it's with an asterisk. Yeah, for sure. And I okay. think, yeah, all those books on our list are <laughs> <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> we recommend with an asterisk. All right. So, my next one is The High Tide Club by Mary Kay Andrews. Okay. Which I personally have never heard of Mary Kay Andrews. She is, like, one of those authors that are like beach reads so okay. i don't know about you i don't do beach reads not um, very commonly no i don't like so, the beach so and it's like <laughs> i don't like the beach so that's why i don't read them <laughs> but like her covers are all like you know it's like the ocean view yeah. there's like a little beach tote sunglasses yeah. like that kind of vibe so for me i just don't i've never leaned towards them so this book was recommended to me um just by a friend and so I ended up choosing it for a book club read mm-hmm. and yeah so basically what it's about um there's a 99 year old heiress Josephine Bettendorf Warwick okay she summons Brooke Trapnell to Talissa Island which is a 20,000 acre remote barrier island home and Brooke is puzzled. She doesn't know why this old lady wants her there. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone in the South has heard about the eccentric millionaire mistress of Talisa, but Brooke has never met her. Josephine's cryptic note says she wants to discuss an important legal matter with Brooke, who is an attorney. But Brooke knows that Mrs. Warwick has long been a client of a prestigious Atlanta law firm. So over a few meetings, the ailing Josephine spins a tale of old friendship, secrets, betrayal, and a long unsolved murder. She tells Brooke she is hiring her for two reasons, to make amends with the heirs of the long dead women who were her closest friends, the girls of the High Tide Club, so named because of their youthful skinny dipping escapades, Millie, Ruth, and Verena. Um, I totally missed like the first part of that. <laughs> so i said there was two reasons the other reason is to protect her island and legacy from those who would despoil her land Mm -hmm. so uh, when josephine dies with her secrets intact brooke is charged with contacting josephine's friends descendants and bringing them together on talisa for a reunion of women who've actually never met Mm -hmm. so um yeah it's so (laughs) like i said like i don't reach for beach reads at all yeah um this one does like kind of sounds like interesting up my alley because there is a little bit of a mystery going on in it so that's why I did end up choosing to pick it up plus the person who recommended to me like said it was a good kind of mystery book yeah um I just kind of got the vibes that it was like a single mom doing single mom things because Brooke the main character is a single mom yeah and like for me I was like I don't really care about her moving back to her small town and trying to be a successful attorney and struggling to get enough work to pay her bills like that was just kind of the vibes I was getting from it and it's like also a decently long book yeah which again is not your go-to it's not my go-to it's usually deterrent so again kind of a slow start for me in the fact that I just wasn't interested in the main character's life and like what was going on and and everything but it ended up being actually pretty interesting book for me it like involved like family inheritance and schemers trying to prove they should be like beneficiaries so I kind of liked that aspect of it the lawyer stuff wasn't super heavy so it was like pretty interesting in that fact and Brooke actually ended up being kind of like an investigator almost so you know I do like me some investigating (laughs) novels I do like the investigation (laughs) I do love it um there was like really strong like female friendship themes which I really appreciate in books um and it 
also has two timelines telling the story so you know I like a good timeline book so we're back yeah back in the 1940s when Brooke or sorry when uh, Josephine was a young girl yeah as well as Brooke and Josephine in present day so I really loved how Mary Kay Andrews like weaved those two together to try and like intrigue you and be like so what happened why aren't these girls friends anymore because they were so close when they were young um and I really loved her descriptions of characters like they were super visual and quite funny when you have like so many people in your stories I find that that's That's how you engage um, people that's a unique critique from you is it (laughs) I like I wasn't expecting you to talk about her description of the characters. Like, I really like that. That's actually super appealing to me. It it is. It was very, like, that's what I noticed the most about her writing. It's like, she, because there were so many characters. And I just found that, like, I mean, I don't know the exact example, but there was, like, these two women that came up. They were, like, aunts or cousins or something of Josephine. And she just described her with, like, this bubblegum pink hair or something like that and just like made them sound so ugly <laughs> like not saying people with pink hair are ugly but just how yeah. she described their style just so vivid it was so, so vivid like, but simple yeah. and just I was like oh that's so and so like I could put down the book come back and mm-hmm. be like I remember this person had bubblegum pink hair I love that and I this is their personality I love when exposition like that doesn't take away or like detract from the book itself mm-hmm. uh, and the only example that popped in my head as soon as you say that which is hilarious so like this was actually a big problem I had with Twilight <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know um one vivid passage that stands out for me from Twilight is when Bella first sees Edward's room and it's like a two-page description of like where he has all the furniture <laughs> and I just remember like even as a teenager reading that like I hadn't taken creative writing courses like I didn't really know what my critique was about it but I was like I remember thinking do I have to do this if I'm going to become a writer because like this is really boring yeah and just having that impression and of course I was young and like you know I had a little bit of low self-esteem so I was like I'm wrong clearly I'm wrong I'm supposed to be enjoying this but like it it wasn't good Mm -hmm. and like so I love I actually really love and appreciate when they can make the exposition the details the explaining parts of the book that memorable in a good way yeah I'm not sitting here like remembering Edward's room exactly (laughs) exactly like and it's short and sweet and that's what I loved about it was that you didn't give me this like even a couple paragraphs I find is almost too long to describe how someone looks like personality sure or events about their life sure but just to be like this is how they look like that short and sweet two sentences max and I remember them I'm like that's good that's what I want especially when you have a huge character um list in this book so anyways I definitely if you want to try beach read I definitely wouldn't say it's like like it's definitely like more chill read for sure but there is some excitement towards the end of the novel that made me want to finish this book and see where it went I wouldn't say it's anything ground breaking or anything like that but yeah yeah, I definitely would recommend it for that I like that I like that that's a little bit of a different vibe than what we've been talking about just like with the slow reads Mm -hmm. um and I like that it surprised you a lot uh I I'm impressed with that I I do have one more I want to mention okay I think it's gonna be a little surprising just given my history so it's actually Paper Towns by John Green yeah uh so I'm a big John Green fan so, like, I get that. Uh, the thing about Paper Towns, and I don't actually think, like, in terms of Paper Towns, it's actually one of my favorite John Green books for this reason. But it starts off, so Paper Towns is about a young boy named Quentin. And he is just obsessed with his, his neighbor, Margot. And he is kind of, like, in love with her. And he's been in love with her for a while. It starts with, like, uh, it, it starts, like, nine years before everything in the novel takes place. And it's, like, this moment of bonding between the two of them. And so he just always feels like he has this, like, impenetrable bond with her. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of flash forwards to, like, high school. And, you know, she's this beautiful girl that he's just, like, in love with. And 
she just randomly appears and climbs through his bedroom window, which was, like, what she did, like, nine years prior. And there's... She has devised this, like, 11-part plan of vengeance of people she feels like have hurt her and all this stuff, and she needs an accomplice. So Quentin, of course, like, he's, like, kind of in love with her. He thinks she's this, like, just beautiful, unique little, like, girl that he's in love with. And so he agrees, and they go through the tasks, and they spend the whole night together, and, like, they just kind of, like, hang out, and they share this somewhat romantic dance, and he's just thinking, like, this is the start of everything, right? Yeah. And he's like, we're gonna hang out again. Like, I'm so excited. Like, he's just pumped. And then she disappears. And he's obviously concerned. So he rounds up his friends, and they go looking for her. And it seems very clearly that she has left him clues. Mm -hmm. And I am gonna spoil the end of the book, because I feel like I can't really talk about why I didn't like the beginning without talking about why I loved the ending. Yeah. And so all of that was fine. Like, I, re I read it when I was younger. It was fine. It seemed just very generic. Like, it was, like, there was a lot of books out at the time about, like, people who spent one night together. And then it was, like, all oh, this this love. And it was, like, this, like, road trip, which is also very, like, stereotypical of mm -hmm. coming-of-age novels. And I was, like, I don't know. I just kind of expected more. Like, I was a... I was a well-versed John Green person <laughs> at this point. So I was like, I expected more Mr. Green. Yeah. And, you know, he's chasing down this girl across the country. They finally find her. And this is the spoiler. So they do find her. Uh, the entire group is just like, oh, she's going to be so excited. Like, we found her. We're rescuing her. Like, they think they're knight in shining armor. Like, kind of thing. And she is pissed. <laughs> she is livid that they chased her down because she left for a reason mm -hmm. and she did leave him clues and the clues were supposed to mean for him to know that she was fine and to not follow her so he did not get the memo <laughs> and it's this moment where like you went through the whole book being like yeah they're gonna get together at the end like it's this beautiful like young adult story it's this romance story. it's this coming of age story and I was like reading it I was like I don't know this is all very like expected and then he got there and she was mad and I was like wait <laughs> what is happening <laughs> and then she explained it that it was actually very egotistical of him to chase her down because her life is not about him mm -hmm. and she has real pain and real trauma and she went through something very real and he was not respectful of that and it's this moment where he just realizes that he's the dick like, mm -hmm. he is, he is the asshole. Yeah. He is the jerk. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a beautiful moment where, like, the entire time you're rooting for him, too. But I was, like, ugh, I was a little disappointed the entire time. And then I got to the end, and I was, like, oh, oh, I'm not. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't see that coming where she was going to be mad. And this is one of my reasons that I love this book so much is because it just twists that manic pixie dream girl trope on its absolute head because he felt like she was his manic pixie dream girl. Mm -hmm. She was this like beautiful broken creature that he had to save. And she was like, no, I'm a real person. Like you can't treat me like you're treating me like an object, a thing, uh, like just a creature for you to chase down. And I'm not I'm a real person with real feelings and real experiences and you are not respectful of that mm -hmm. and that was like also at the time that this was written that was mind-blowing to me like I hadn't read a book that twisted it like that like that women shouldn't just be grateful for like being rescued yeah especially coming from like a dude like to well, be honest like for coming from a dude and like I'm just trying to think like when I read books like romance books or whatever when I yeah. was a kid and you're like I would have read that and been like this girl's a B-I-T-C-H. Like, yeah, why like, is she not accepting his great grandeur romance yeah. gesture? Like, <laughs> Which is kind of like your impression of it. And it it's so, like, to me, it is so well written because you feel that feeling that he has. And then he takes a step back and he goes, whoa, mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah. And that's such a relatable moment where you, like, think you're so good at everything. 
Like, I remember that when you're, like, that ego, like, a little egotistical teenager, and then somebody's, like, you hurt me, and you're, like, no, I didn't. Yeah. No, I'm right. I have to be right. Like, this is what I've always been told to do, and you realize that, like, situations, like, one, that society isn't always telling you the truth about what people need, and, like, all this stuff, and it was just, like, this actual coming-of-age tale Mm -hmm. where, like, he was, like, oh, I'm a jerk. Yeah. I need to grow up. I love that. Like, that's a good... Thing to learn when yeah. you're that age for sure <laughs> but definitely like I just remember like having read because I had read looking for Alaska which deals with like it's a very different kind of story and it felt like it had such a like meaningful theme and then it was just like this romance story where he was chasing this girl across the country and I was like oh yeah, yeah she's different she's cool mm-hmm. like all this stuff and then he twisted it at the end and I was like oh that was so worth it so I, I this one made the list just because it just wasn't what I was expecting when I started. And I wouldn't say, like, it started off, again, I'm twisting the badly language. I'm so sorry, Alicia. Yeah. But it didn't start off badly, but it did start off disappointing. Yeah. I think that still fits into the topic for sure. Yeah. I like that. Do you have any others? I do. Okay. Uh, my last one here is Aurora Rising by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. Okay. Um, so... This I totally didn't think of th- Frozen when you said Kristoff. <laughs> you know, when your last name is less popular than a Frozen character's first, you know, he's actually a pretty popular uh, author. Yeah, no, no, no. I just, like, I, I know that. I've, I've, I've heard of him before. Uh, still went to Frozen. Still went straight so to Frozen. sorry. Fro- you know what? I don't, I love Kristoff. He's a good man. Uh <laughs> So this is a, a, actually a, the first, prob- well, I don't want to say my first sci-fi because obviously dystopian and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I would say like space sci-fi book I've read. I'm going to say traditional sci-fi. Yeah, traditional. I don't know if that's a good way to use it, but like I feel like everyone kind of knows what that means. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. So this I saw on like Bookstagram, it was being recommended as kind of like a first timer traditional sci-fi book. Right. Um, and so it follows, um, this boy, Tyler Jones, and Mm -hmm. he is a graduating cadet from the Aurora Academy and it's the year 2380. So a few hundred years from now. Yeah. Okay. And basically he becomes like a squad leader. However, he, something happens where he isn't there to pick his squad. So he gets like all of the like people no one else wanted basically um so that includes a cocky diplomat with a black belt and sarcasm a sociopath scientist (laughs) with a fondness for shooting her bunk mates okay a smart ass tech whiz with the galaxy's biggest chip on his shoulder an alien warrior with anger management issues a tomboy pilot who's totally not into him in case you were wondering um and ty's squad isn't even his biggest problem that'd be aurora g lynn o'malley the girl he's just rescued from interdimensional space. Trapped in cryo sleep for two centuries, Ori is a girl out of time and out of her depth, but she could be the catalyst that starts a war millions of years in the making, and Tyler's squad of losers, discipline cases, and misfits might just be the last hope for the entire galaxy. So, sounds interesting. I mean, it kind of sounds like your typical... A little typical, but space like not book. terribly so. Yeah, so I mean starting reading it wasn't super interested in the space vibes was a little bit cheesy Mm. you know he's like the typical character he's like a captain america like he's you know god's gift to the world like wants to save everybody yeah he can do everything right kind of a thing like the golden boy i guess would be the term for him that's a good term so i was just like nah not for me but when i finished reading it i it was it was good like I really enjoyed it I would definitely recommend it to other people who are really want to try like a space sci-fi it reminded me of like Guardians of the Galaxy with like the Breakfast Club oh that's fun yeah so I personally love the Breakfast Club and Guardians of the Galaxy it had a very good like found family theme to it which I haven't read a lot of at that time so it was like I thought super cute it was like they're all such different characters and like they just got a, like they didn't get along but it worked for the book mm-hmm. um it's just overall super interesting 
um their bickering felt supernatural with it that's and I, hard too. it's very hard to do so that's why like i love that the authors did that like yeah. they just like made sense um adventurous fast paced all those good things and out and it has like the cutest romances yeah from a book that i've read so i really liked it because of that i think that's why i was glad i finished it because like i got to see this like super cute romance happen and then i read the second book and it like just develops from there and i'm like yes, yes. <laughs> so we know how much you love romance i do and so you know i wasn't ex- <laughs> that is literally how i sold jane austen exactly <laughs> and like, like it's just romance it's just romance which i love and honestly like i wasn't going into this book for romance i was going into it to like try a new genre out and that just happened to be in it mm-hmm. and there was like other aspects of romance with different characters and stuff that were fine but th- the one romance in it just like sold me on yeah. the book and i would tell everyone about that romance if it didn't spoil things yeah that's <laughs> fair that's totally fair i i like that that sounds really good i think any traditional sci-fi that you recommend is uh is one to keep an eye on at least because mm-hmm. i know you don't read a lot of them so if they're going to keep your interest yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it kept my interest the whole time, and mm-hmm. it could have easily been full of, like, science jargon that I didn't really care for, but I think they yeah. did a really good job of having, of yeah, just keeping it s- simple but still entertaining. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, okay, well, I'm, that was all I really wanted. To, those were my, like, big ones. Me too. Uh, I'm going to throw in kind of an honorable mention Oh, okay. So, uh, We Were Liars. Okay. By, and I'm losing the, E. Lockhart? E. Lockhart, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm not going to say why, uh, but if you read the first little bit, it's not the book that it is. Mm-hmm. I think is kind of like a, an easy way to say that without getting people's expectations too high. Uh, go into it, like, not expecting anything even from the description, I think is a really interesting way to do that. I do do think if it hadn't come so highly recommended, I would have read that first page and been like, oh my god, no. (laughs) Just because it felt like a, it felt like a 2010s, like, Tumblr blog at the beginning. Yeah. Which is fine. It was just like, I was like, not, I didn't have high expectations. Yeah. Which is good. You should go into it with an in fact, you know what? It was terrible. It was terrible. Read it, but it was terrible. Go into it with the lowest expectation yeah. possible. I think, like, that's how I went into it because, like, I seen it on, like, yeah. Bookstagram and Book Talk and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, this is so overhyped, but, like, I'll read it eventually. And so the time came when yeah. I was, like, ready to read it. And same thing. The beginning was like, this is not what I was expecting it to be, but also. Like, the whole book is not what I was expecting it to be it does, in any way. It does way. quite a few 180s, mm-hmm. I feel like. And I'm going to stop talking there because I'm going to end up spoiling something. Yeah. So, <laughs> I do want to grab our uh, next topic. But first, uh, do you have any, like, interesting upcoming reads? Um, well, I'm currently reading The Burning God by R.F. Okay. Kuang, which is the third and final book in the Poppy War series, which I... Finally taking that on, hey? Finally taking it on. I actually ended up getting the audiobook as well okay because I had like a pretty long road trip not too long ago and I got through like over 50 percent of the book so it's a good like solid foot in the door of this book Mm. and it's much more interesting than it initially was for me when I started it I think I was just getting kind of burnt out from the like heavy vibes of the book and the yeah it's not an easy read it's not an easy read it's a very it's just like it's war it's about war so it's 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 a lot of like strong themes in it um but i am really enjoying it i'm excited to finish the series um yeah that's that what about you uh so i'm i I mentioned it i have not read and i have not finished the witcher series so i'm on the time of contempt right now uh i'm really enjoying it i think andre sapkowski is he's an interesting like he he has very interesting ideas i have some qualms with the book for sure but i think overall it's been a really enjoyable read Mm -hmm. while also dealing with some like unexpected themes i guess is kind of a way to kind of throw that in there and i think some of the lines are just beautiful and i'd be really interested to know how people feel about like the translation of it Mm -hmm. 
Um, but translations always interest me because it was originally written in Polish. Oh, okay. So it is it is a translated book, but uh, the way that it's translated is very beautiful. So and they do translators do tend to keep that kind of vibe. So like I'm sure it's still as beautiful in Polish, but like I yeah. wonder how much is getting lost. Yeah. Or potentially changed there. Anyway, it's just an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Shall we grab our next topic? Yes, we should. I'm going to do it over here, actually. <laughs> Sorry, new mic setup. we got to get this uh, ASMR in for you. We can't do this joint anymore. No. So that's sad. So sad. All right. So we've got explain your favorite... Or most popular books in one sentence. And this is from Alex. I love that. That's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be lots of fun. I, I'm i excited because we can we can get through a lot. Yeah. I feel like we can also p- play a little bit of a, like, a, like a little bit of a guessing game. There's a lot of books out there, so, like, it might be kind of hard to guess. But, like, mm-hmm. see if we can't get them to guess. Well, and if it's our fave books, we kind of sort of know what yeah. we like. So I think that'll be really interesting. Plus, it'll be a lot of good recommendations yeah. for people. Yeah, this will be really fun. I'm excited about this one. Uh, so thank you very much, Alex. We're going to be talking about that in our next uh, podcast. Any final kind of thoughts here, Megan? I don't, you know what? No, I don't think so. I think that I learned a lot about myself as a reader. Oh, as always. As always. We love that. Yeah. That's the vibe we're going for. educational vibe. (laughs) Okay, perfect. (laughs) If you liked what you heard today, we appreciate that a lot. So please consider giving us a review. It really helps us get into new listeners' ears, which is always the goal. If you'd like a little bit more content from books and book-related things, you can go follow us on Instagram. We are at the book jar pod. Uh, you can also send us a DM or a private message for a topic you'd like us to add into the jar. We can add your handle or leave it out at your preference. But yeah, we are always looking for kind of new topics to add to the book jar. So make sure to send those our way. Otherwise, that's pretty much it for, for this one. I hope we sound great. Very excited yes. about the new mics. Feel yes. very profesh. Yes, I love it. <laughs> You're just saying yes. I'm just over saying and yes and different. Mic. Yes, can you hear this? <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> ASMR, we can do that now. Uh, as always, we hope you are enjoying whatever you're reading, and we will talk soon. <laughs>